0: Welcome to the second episode of our beekeeping series. This is the SRUC podcast, and I'm your host, William Anso. I'm the digital manager at SRUC, and today I'm joined by Lorraine Johnston, who is our resident bee expert. Hi Lorraine. Hiya. In our first episode, we covered beekeeping in the winter and all the challenges that presents. And now we're going to be looking at beekeeping in the spring now that we're in March. Lorraine, how excited are beekeepers to know that spring is coming?
1: they're very excited um if you think about it we've not seen or been into our bees for at least six months and it's very very tempting to to want to see them as soon as possible but my advice is don't <laughs> spring is not yet here um we have had um some lovely weather over the past few weeks and um, it is tempting, particularly when you see videos of people in, in the south of the UK going in and inspecting their bees. Um, but as most people in Scotland are aware, uh, the, the weather is very temperamental, and we've already gone from having uh, beautiful, lovely, sunny days, um, and we're about to get hit by snow again. So we in Scotland kind of have a, a fake spring. A pretend spring and then a real spring. <laughs> um, so the, the beekeepers are really excited, they can't wait to see their bees again, they're really wanting to hope that they, they've survived but actually this is a really key time for um, us to look after our bees because it, a lot of people think that winter is gonna cause huge problems but for us, it's it's largely, we, we lose most of our bees in the spring. Um, what we should be doing is actually watching and enjoying watching our bees from the outside when there are nice days, because you can tell a lot from that.
0: And what changes for the bees are happening as they head into spring?
1: Well, as they head into spring, the queen starts laying more eggs and the worker bees need to keep those Eggs and larvae warm and look after them. And as it warms, the cluster that they've formed in in winter when it's been very cold starts to break, and the bees will spread out a bit more on nice days and then come back into the cluster when it's cold again. Um, The worker bees um, will uh, leave the hive to defecate and they'll begin to go out to collect water, forage for pollen. Um, that sort of thing so you will see the bees coming out on on nice warm days um, but all of this actually takes up quite a lot of energy uh, forming and breaking the cluster going out to defecate to forage to fly um, and it's a really key time for the bees because they're also using the energy to try and look after the new the new eggs and larvae and it's the time of year when the winter bees are starting to die out as well. So the balance in the hive is quite delicate. Um, What a beekeeper might see, actually, is um, some of the winter bees have um, been kicked out of the hive that have died. And they're dying out and we're needing more energy to feed the new brood, to develop the new bees. Uh, So they're going to need an awful lot of food. If they are foraging they'll be looking out for things like snowdrops, winter aconites, crocus, willow and um, it's really interesting to watch and see those pollens coming into the hive and if you see that that's a really good sign but they are going to need a lot of care and keeping an eye on during this time but not inspecting just yet. It sounds like a really
0: precarious time for bees. What can a beekeeper do to help the bees survive the spring?
1: Um, I think the key thing at the minute is don't inspect too early. Um, if the weather is cold, um, I would say below sort of 13 degrees at least, uh, don't go in. Have a reason to go into the hive. If you can. Keep an eye on your bees without having to go in, that's great. Heft the hive, uh, which is like feeling the weight of the hive to see if they need fondant and um, which can be fed at this time of year. In fact, it's really crucial to keep an eye on the bees' food at this time of year because, like I said, they are really um using up lots of energy looking after the brood and on nice days, uh, flying, breaking the cluster, and so on. So uh, it, it's really quite essential to check that they've got enough food and to give them fondant if uh, they need it. And particularly if, like at the minute, we're expecting snow, you're not going to be able to uh, get into the hive to even feed over the next uh, few days. Um, feeding before that helps the bees recover and, and you know keeps them going over that time. Um, You can also, as I say, observe the hive from the outside and have a look under the floor and if you've got an open mesh floor you can actually see where the bees have been eating their stores and you can see uh, the wax cappings so that gives you an idea of where the cluster is so if you need to feed the bees um, and you're just doing it very quickly you get a rough idea and you can do that much quicker. you can observe the entrance. You can see if there's pollen coming in. Um, you can check your notes for last year and compare the weather and you know what your bees were doing at this time of year. Because it can be very different. And keep an eye on the weather. If there's something forecast, like high winds or snow, um, you really do want to be making sure they've got enough food and everything strapped down for them to cope with that. And you
0: get different honey types, don't you? Some people are dedicating their bees to get oilseed rape honey, for example.
1: Do they need to do anything different? Yeah, some hobbyists and bee farmers often take their bees to the spring crops of oilseed rape. And um, it's not really necessary for people who are who are not doing that. But um, if they are going to the oilseed rape, they should make extra preparations, such as taking good strong hives with a young queen to the fields. Um, they, some beekeepers feed pollen patties beforehand to help encourage brood rearing so that the, the hive is strong uh, enough to collect the oilseed tree pollen and nectar. Um, and they will need to transport the, the bees with travel screens on, um, and get the, all of that prepared and ready supers and queen excluders will be needed a, lo- a lot earlier than other beekeepers who are not taking the, their bees to the oilseed rape so it's not something i've done myself but um the honey is a, a very sort of solid quite pale colored honey uh, which is quite popular with a lot of people so they, they need to be ready much earlier than other beekeepers, yeah.
0: With the season starting, what can a beekeeper do to prepare for the start of the season?
1: I'll probably repeat this quite a bit, but actually keeping an eye on food stores and feed if necessary, it's really key at this time of year. Don't go in too early, don't go in without a good reason. It's so tempting. A lot of beekeepers have what we term bee fever, where they just can't wait to see their bees, and they're just wanting to to get in and check that everything's okay. But if you think about it, going in uh, if it's too cold could actually cause problems for that new brood and chill that brood um, that's in the hive and cause problems for the future. And you could lose your hive that way. So make sure you've got a good reason to go in. Be prepared. Have your clean queen excluders ready, your frames and your supers ready. And again, look back to what you were doing last year. It might help uh, with your plans for the future.
0: And that first inspection, that's crucial, isn't it? So what about that first inspection? What do beekeepers need to keep in mind?
1: What you should do is, in my opinion, do a five minute check that the food they've got enough food that it's alive, that can actually just be a quick look under the cover board. Clear cover boards are quite useful for checking on the hive without even having to open it so you can see where the cluster is, you can see that the bees are moving, you can see how strong they are. Um, you don't need to lift the frames out, you can actually check by looking down the sides of the frames um, to make sure that the, the bees are doing okay you can sometimes if you've got a dummy board on the the end of your hive you can take that out and just have a little look in between Um, if the frosts have stopped you can remove your mouse guards um, and again learn as much as you can just from watching from outside or listening even if you put your ear to the the hive and some I have seen some people actually use doctor stethoscopes to do this and you can get more technical equipment but uh, just to hear that there's that buzz in there um, can give you the confidence to know that actually they're doing okay you don't need to go into them.
0: And then what should the beekeeper do next because once you've done that first inspection and fingers crossed assuming that's been successful what's next on the agenda?
1: Once the weather improves and the bees are out foraging for nectar, you can actually start your regular seven-day inspections. Um, And again, a lot of people worry about, oh, should I do it on a certain date? Should I do it on a certain time, at a certain temperature? And it's kind of like, you know, there's some people say, oh, you should do your first inspection when it's T-shirt weather, or you should do your first inspection on the 1st of April, or you should do your inspection uh when the flowering current first appears. But actually what you should really do is do your first inspection when you think it is warm enough and safe enough to, to do so. Now with our weather that can be really quite late in the in the year. So don't keep it to oh it's spring now let's go for it oh it's April now uh, let's go for it. Decide for yourself and then what you should do is start your seven day inspections. So uh, usually seven day inspections um, begin by looking at something which we sometimes call feds. So that's looking that they've got enough food, that they've got eggs, that there's no disease and that there's um, plenty space and no signs of swarming. So... Quite often in Scotland, actually, and I've experienced this quite a bit, is the weather's been so poor in spring that my first inspection, they are they have actually expanded to the to the stage where they are needing more space, and are uh, thinking about swarming, because um, it can be in as late as May, uh, when we can get our first inspections done in some places, so. What we need to do is to be ready for that and have our Queen excluder and our Supers ready to, to go on practically straight away. Um, but if the weather in your area has been poor or variable, you know, think of a lot of the different uh, aspects of beekeeping. Think about it based on your situation, your region. Um, for example, up in Nairn, it might be completely different to down in the borders or in Glasgow. Um, look at your weather, look at the flowering times. Is there um, pollen being brought in? Are flowers, plants, trees yielding nectar? It's a good time to clean the floor. So that what... A beekeeper can do here is, uh, and usually it's helpful if you've got two, is you can lift the hive, clean the floor or put a new floor on and uh, you're good to go. Um, it's a good time to exchange any old comb. So if you've got some old comb in your brood box, you can replace that with a uh, foundation. Um, get Getting rid of brace comb. So basically bees... M- make brace comb, they make wax comb in any gaps or spaces that they they find and sometimes getting rid of that just makes your next inspection a little bit easier. Um, Some people will mark or clip their queens at this time of year because it's easier to find your queen when there's fewer bees. Um, A disease inspection is a good time as well. Uh, which is where you shake the bees off all of your frames and you look in all of the cells to see how the, the, the brood is and if the larvae looks healthy or not. And um, basically doing all of these early things will make your beekeeping much easier as the season goes on. In summary, what are the key
0: messages for spring for beekeepers then?
1: I think the key messages for spring are are to check your feed. Don't go in too early and be prepared um, because you just don't know. You might not get into your bees for another month yet. Um, But when you do, you need to be ready for all eventualities.
0: Thanks for that, Lorraine. That's been absolutely fascinating. And I've learned a lot myself about what beekeepers should be doing in spring. And I think we've got a couple of ideas coming up as well. You mentioned maybe doing an episode on Varroa and I think our listeners will also be really fascinated to hear an episode around small businesses and how you can start a small business with beekeeping, maybe producing honey or candles for example. We'd be looking at what the challenges would be and what to look out for.
1: Yeah I think um, something on notifiable diseases would be interesting and also swarming which will be coming up in the in the next few months plus any ideas that any listeners would have um and issues like chronic B paralysis um would be quite interesting
0: well if you've got any questions for lorraine or you want to bring anything up about the podcast please get in touch with us you can email us at social media at sruc.ac.uk and And what we'll do is we'll get your questions or any inquiries you've got to Lorraine and answer them in a future episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you.